Our reading from the London Baptist Confession of Faith comes from chapter 18, the assurance of grace and salvation, paragraph 3, is on the back of your bulletin if you'd like to read along. Paragraph 3, this infallible assurance doth not so belong to the essence of faith, but that a true believer may wait long in conflict with many difficulties before he be partaker of it. Yet being enabled by the Spirit to know the things which are freely given him of God, he may, without extraordinary revelation, in the right use of means, attain thereunto. And therefore it is the duty of everyone to give all diligence to make his calling and election sure, that thereby his heart may be enlarged in peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, in love and thankfulness to God, and in strength and cheerfulness in the duties of obedience, the proper fruits of this assurance. So far is it from inclining men to looseness. As we've mentioned the past two weeks as we have gone through paragraphs one and two, the assurance of faith is one of the hallmarks of the Reformed faith, of Puritanism, of the Scottish Covenanters, of the Reformed Baptists, in particular Baptists. They all rallied around this, this one great truth, the assurance of faith, that we might know that we are his, The Bible says that these things are written that ye may know. We may know that we are his. We may know that we are Christ's. And again, in paragraph 3, it tells us this infallible assurance. The reason it's infallible is because it's brought to us by the Holy Spirit. The inward witness of the Holy Spirit. And they go on to tell us right here, It doth not so belong to the essence of faith, but that a true believer may long wait and conflict with many difficulties before he be partaker of it. Simply because we believe, and if we truly believe, it does not then equal that we will have complete and perfect assurance of faith at all times, or even come to it quickly. There will be times where our assurance is lacking, where our assurance is small, where the comfort that we feel from Christ through the Holy Spirit is weak. And we may question if we be his at all, We may question that we do not feel the comfort of our Heavenly Father. But does that mean that we are not His? Does that that mean that we do not truly believe or have assurance? No, because the assurance that we have is infallible assurance. And we may go through many conflicts, many difficulties, seeking after this assurance. Conflicting with the world, the devil, and our own bosom sins that come from our flesh. That cause us to feel that we are not God's, to feel that we are far from him and do not belong to him. Yet, our confession says, being enabled by the Spirit to know the things which are freely given him of God, he may, without extraordinary revelation and the right use of means, attain thereunto. Without extraordinary revelation. So as the Charismatics and the Pentecostals seek to have some sort of word from God come to them from outside through prophecy, word of knowledge, that makes them think, oh, I must be God's because I had a special prophecy given to me. Or even seeking things in your life. Am I being chastened enough? Are bad things happen to me? Well, I know God loves me then. Are good things happen to me? Then I know God loves me. We need no extraordinary revelation at all because it comes to us through the Holy Spirit. And that's why it's infallible. Any other assurance is not infallible. It's not infallible. It is fallible only. The assurance given to us by the Holy Spirit, however, 
is infallible. And it comes again and again by faith. I trust not the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name, the hymn writer said. We must continually look to Christ. This is where our assurance is found. We do not need to seek some extraordinary revelation. God, is this the sin that you're showing me that now I need to forsake so I can be close to you? Is this the word of prophecy that you have given me that now I can really know that I am yours? No, all of that will fail us. And therefore it is the duty to make the right use of means to attain thereunto. We talk about the means of grace a lot. Talk about making sure that we attend the Lord's Day service, to worship, to hear the word preached, to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, to conference with one another throughout the week, to pray for one another, to read the scriptures. If we are not even engaging in these things, how do we think we're going to have assurance? But ah, there's an aspect to that that can be false assurance as well. You can read, you can attend, you can fellowship, you can read your Bible and hear preaching and be faithful in your attendance upon those things, the means of grace. But if you apply them not to your heart through faith, if they are not mixed with faith, they will be of no use. They will only give fallible assurance instead of infallible. It must always be pointed and geared towards looking at Christ. We must give all diligence to make our calling and election sure so that we know in our heart that we belong to Jesus Christ. That by his Holy Spirit we have these things. Let us be great lovers of the Spirit in this church. Let us be great lovers of the Spirit that gives us assurance and draws us close to Christ. Amen. Will you please all rise for the singing of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs and the reading of God's holy word. Good afternoon, church. Our first hymn that we are going to be singing today is going to be found on hymn number 433, Amazing Grace. Hymn number 433, Amazing Grace. (laughs) 